You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 26th of April. We were bad on Saturday. What did the impact have on the playoff race? Plus the Jazz getting ready for the playoffs with some of their decision making. And the rest of the NBA trending on a Monday. It is Locked On Jazz. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Uh, Congratulations to the Utah Jazz, who clinched a playoff spot. For yet another year under Quinn Snyder, we might not think of that much on a year like this where we've been this good, but ask Minnesota or Sacramento or Houston for the next decade or a lot of these teams what they think about making a playoffs and they think it's really cool. And congratulations to Mike Conley, who won an Oscar last night for two distant strangers. His short film he co-produced along with Kevin Durant and others, they win an Oscar last night uh, for that short film. It's on Netflix. Comes strongly recommended for the players. So if you get a chance, two distant strangers, Mike Conley. All right, Jazz lose on Saturday to the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves, 101-96. We were just collectively bad. Like, it, it happens... Um, I don't really have any excuses for them or, I mean, Minnesota's probably, uh, obviously, um, not a great matchup and I'll actually, it's funky. The Jazz are playing around with some different defensive schemes in that game that are worth talking about that, you know, may have worked and may not have depending on, uh, how you look at it. The one that's interesting is. We just were collectively not very good. We hit a bunch of shots early. <clears throat> I thought we got noticeably tired at one point in time. I thought we n- missed. I was surprised. I didn't think we'd have an offensive problem without Donovan. I said it last week. Uh, that was probably the worst uh, offensive game of the year by the Jazz. Um, so a lot of surprises and just, I think, collectively not very good. Um, had had two days off, and interestingly enough, we have not been great when we've had two days off. Um, and I, I, I don't even actually, you know, um, Quinn saw it, right? Quinn called a timeout really, really early in the game. And it kind of told you what was coming. The Jazz have had three, five games all year where their offensive rating was under 100. The fourth game of the year against Phoenix. The seventh game of the year against Brooklyn, the eighth game of the year against New York. That kind of fits to like the mat, the way we've always been, not starting very well. Then against Phoenix the second time, which is disconcerting because twice we've played Phoenix and not been able to score. And then Minnesota yesterday, last night, in just a, an outlier of a weird game. We actually had a pretty good defensive game. We, our defensive rating was a 97.3 which, you know, wins you a game almost 85, 90% of the time. 
So we were just bad offensively. I thought we looked fatigued. We obviously missed a bunch of shots. They were dead set on taking away the rim. And then they rotated beautifully and took away the corner pass. They're very long, athletic, and young. And we were bad. Like, And frankly, Rudy, like for a week-long tribute to how great Rudy is on Locked on Jazz, he actually wasn't very good. What's interesting is their commitment to not allowing us to get to the rim. We only had 15 shots at the rim. And if you look at those bad offensive games, you would think that's the the common thread. It's actually not. Like, I, I went and did the research on it. Like, I was like, well, maybe this is it. But against Phoenix, first time, we took 26 shots against the rim. Against Brooklyn, New York, we took 27 and 30 shots at the rim. Against Phoenix, the second time, we took 32 shots at the rim. And then Minnesota, we took 15. Usually what's happened when teams just sell out and commit to taking away the rim from us, we've been able to get other things out of it. Against Oklahoma City, we end up taking 46 shots from three. Washington takes away the rim and we struggled. We took 23 little floaters and didn't have a great game. Orlando took away the rim. We had an all-time three-point shooting game, taking 55 and making 26. Chicago took away the rim. We just didn't miss at the rim that night. Actually, it was probably the difference. We took 36 threes. Toronto and Washington again took away the rim. Washington gives us a hard time because they take away the rim. Washington takes away the rim at a historic level. Toronto took away the rim in the March matchup uh, before the All-Star break. We just didn't hit shots. Against Minnesota... We kind of died by the two. We were 6 of 20 on twos. We were bad at the rim, 8 of 15. Rudy missed a big layup late. Mike missed back-to-back threes late. We got screwed on a call late, but I'm not about to complain about that. I mean, that call was big. We'd never be talking about it. The interesting one on that game is if you look at by quarter, we were obviously brilliant the first quarters. We buried all of our threes. We had a 150 offensive rating, a 96 defensive rating. We were amazing. And then we just, like, it fell apart. 78 deep offensive rating in the uh, second quarter. Our kind of lineup that kills them at the end of the first into the second did not do well. 66.7 offensive rating in the third quarter. Like, never unheard of. And then in the fourth quarter, a 88.0, we at least tightened down defensively. We did something interesting in our matchups. So, Carl Anthony Towns is not great against Rudy Gobert anymore. At least hasn't been recently. And so the Jazz and Carl Anthony Towns against Rudy Gobert is just going to go play, stand outside, and shoot threes. So going into the game, I've got to update it from last game. But going into the last game, Towns had had that big game where he hit five threes. Since then, he was 7 of 25 and guarded by Gobert. 6 of 14 on threes, and 1 of 11 on twos. 1 of 11. So, what ends up happening is Rudy's almost too good for his own good. And that is that they're not, like, Towns is not going into the lane at all. The, 
And so he's just going to stand outside there, pull Rudy out of the middle of the lane and play, you know, basically become one of the best three-point shooters in the league that he is. But he's, so the Jazz didn't have Gobert guarding Towns. The impact of this is interesting. So first thing is, it's worth noting that the Timberwolves were plus four when Towns was off the floor, plus one when he was on. So in other words, they actually in some ways were a little bit better in the 11 minutes he was on the bench. They played with great energy. Nazareed was super. Um, 13 minutes he was on the bench. Or what, no, maybe 11. Uh, so the Jazz, what the Jazz are trying to do is have Rudy still be able to stay in the middle. The realization here, and this is playoff prep, Rudy is so dominant in the pick and roll defensively. The numbers are astronomical. He's just so much better than anyone else in the league that there's no chance in the playoffs that teams are going to be willing to engage Rudy in the pick and roll. They're going to take a Baca and put him in the corner and have Rudy have to guard him, and they're going to play pick and roll with somebody else. They're going to put Anthony Davis on the wing, and LeBron's going to play pick and roll with somebody else. Steph Curry and Draymond Green are going to play pick and roll, and Rudy's going to have to go out and, like, be lifted, or they're going to play pick and roll with somebody else. You, they're not going to put Rudy into pick and roll because Rudy's too good. And so the Jazz last, the other night, had Rudy guard Okogie, who's a 26% three-point shooter, went 0 for 3, and had Rudy play off the ball and try to take away the drives to the basket. And then somebody else stays on Carl Anthony Towns. I, I don't actually know if it worked or not visually, what I thought I saw was that guys were getting momentum going into Rudy and Rudy's impact was negated. Okay, on the other end, the Jazz defensive rating for the day, as I just mentioned a moment ago, was a 97.3. I'd have to go look at what they did in transition, but in the half court, I have a feeling the Jazz defense was pretty outstanding and it actually worked. When Carl Anthony Towns was on the floor and Gobert was on the floor, the offensive rating for the Timberwolves was a 96.2. When Gobert went off the floor, it actually was worse. It was a 93. When Gobert was on the court and Towns was off the court, the offensive rating was actually a little bit better. So, I'm... And that, I think, was just energy. So, visually, to me, it looked like it took away Rudy's impact at the rim because guys were coming downhill at him, making the play. The numbers don't show that. But this is the beginning of, really, there's no other, of, of playoff prep is what this is. Uh, and that's what the Jazz kind of know everyone's doing and they're beginning to do it. it I, it's not why they lost. Um, they lost because they shot like 50% at the rim. Um, the half, and their half-court offense was terrible. Minnesota's half-court offense, which is really good, by the way, when they, when they have their guys, they're incredible offensively, was in the 22nd percentile. And they actually, the Jazz did a pretty good job of when they got in transition, slowing them down, but they got in transition a lot. Minnesota, when they have Cat and D'Lo, they've now had them for 26 games. They're 13 and 13. And... This year, when they're on the floor together, their offensive ratings are 128. And when they have Carl, when they have, uh, excuse me, that's when they also have Anthony Edwards on the floor. So they're 
Like, they're really good offensively. They're bad defensively, and we didn't take advantage. We're bad. Just a collective, not very good night. What was the impact? We'll touch on it. We continue on what it means for the playoff race. Today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Chevy, located out in Woods Cross, also located in Logan. Chevy has been with, is you know, Chevy is Americana. Murdoch's have been with Utah for 80, 90 years. Who's counting? Uh, unbelievable connection to the, the community and a great lineup of cars. The Tahoe and the Suburban are the legendary cars. The Blazer is back. And the Trailblazer is back on the crossover SUV lineups. They've done a really nice job with that. And the Equinox and the tracks. and I've mentioned this before, I have not tried it, but the Bolt, the electric car, uh, I have some friends who have it. They're raving about it. Great deals right now on the Equinox, 0% for six years. 17%. Uh, back MSRP on a bunch of uh, vehicles. It's all at Murdoch Chevy, located in Logan and in Woods Cross. So please check it out. Feel free to email me first. We'll get you set up with a meeting before you go in over at Murdoch Chevy. Today's show also brought to you by Built Bar. The coconut brownie was out. Mine has not arrived yet. I'm wondering if somebody stole my coconut brownie like they steal Amazon packages because coconut brownie is that good. But guess what? It's still available. I cannot believe that coconut brownie is still available. As of this morning, checking it right now, it seems remarkable. But it's there. Might have to order more. As I told you on Friday, I get worried about lack of not being able to get. 130 calories, 2.5 fat grams, 4 grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein. It is the brand new coconut brownie chunk. It won the title. It's incredible. It's a candy bar, not a protein bar, and yet it's as healthy as a protein bar. It's all there for you at BuiltBar.com. Promo code LOCKED15 gets you 15% off. That's LOCKED15 gets you 15% off. So we were bad. What was the impact? According to basketball reference playoff probabilities, we had a 95% chance of being the one seed. We now have a 92.5% chance of being the one seed. After the Suns lost to the Brooklyn Nets. In fact, the Phoenix Suns actually have a better chance of being the three seed than the two seed. The Jazz have a 92.5% chance of being the one seed. The Suns have a 53% chance, 54% chance of being the three seed with a 31% chance of being the two seed. The Clippers, who are on fire, have a 60% chance of being the two seed. Nuggets are 78% four seed. Lakers are 54% five seed, but that's sliding. That's gone to 30 with a chance of being the six seed. Minor chance Lakers Clippers end up in a same bracket. And the play-in game will be Memphis will in all likelihood be the seven now as they have beat Portland back-to-back games. Portland is not heading in the right direction right now. And the four play-in teams look to be Memphis, Portland, Golden State, San Antonio. I don't think there's much of any chance for New Orleans. But 
The Suns are actually more likely at 53.7% to be the three seed than the one seed. The Jazz are still holding in 92.5. Now you got to win the next two games. And frankly, the Suns have to lose the next two games or this starts to shift pretty dramatically this time of year when games swing in directions that you wouldn't anticipate. This is the thing about the season. Like, Phoenix has lost two in a row to two good teams. They're also missing two guys all of a sudden. Like, I, I really have not had a chance to do it. But I'm curious to go through, and, I, and it's a huge project, but go through the lineups of teams, figure out what their nine regular guys are, and then when they're missing any they're not more than two of their nine, we've had like three games all year we've done this, maybe two, see what their records are. Jay Crowder was out. Dario Sarge is out. That's like a big blow to the Suns. Jay Crowder's their starting four, and then Sarge is their backup five that stretches him. And so... Torrey Craig had to play 30 minutes. He had 20 and 14. He was pretty good. Frank Kaminsky had to play 11. They were minus two in those. They just, you know, just a little bit of a different team. So they, they're missing two of their guys. Clippers are remarkable. The Clippers are missing their guys every night and still winning right now. They're really, really remarkable. I mean, the Clippers the other night grabbed a win with... None of their guys. Now, they're playing Houston, but no Kawhi. Started Patrick Patterson. Started Terrence Mann. No Ibaka. It's even hard to remember. Played DeMarcus Cousins 16 minutes. Played Amir Coffey 26 minutes. Played Patrick Patterson 20 minutes. None of those guys are sniffing a playoff game. But that's, to me, that's what this season has been has been those play those teams that have, whether they've been healthy or not. Memphis is getting there, suddenly trying to get some of their got, got Valanciunas back. They played the Clippers the other night without Valanciunas. Clippers played without Kawhi Leonard, without Paul George, without Serge Ibaka, without Reggie Jackson, without Rajon Rondo, and beat Memphis. But to me... When you look at this season, that's really what it's been about. By the way, there's a, also a real chance of this whole playoff race, if you're watching this. The Jazz could get the one seed, and it feels as though there's a real chance the Jazz could end up with Steph in the first round and LeBron in the second round. Welcome to the Western Conference playoffs. There is just nothing that's going to be easy about any of this playoff run at all. But right now, Golden State plays San Antonio in the play-in tournament. And then plays the winner of the Portland-Memphis game to get in, and that's the 8th seed. Memphis just beat Portland twice in a row. The difference, by the way, now of suddenly being 7 versus 6 is, I think, considerable the way Portland's struggling. And probably, you know, there's also a chance that Portland loses to Memphis and then beats Golden State, and you get Portland as the 8th seed. So then you get Dame Lillard and LeBron. Man, alive. Few other notes for you before we get into trends. I had a bunch of things I wanted to, to run off. By the way, Steph is averaging 38 points a game this month. He had one of the great quotes about what it's like. 
He said, it's the best way to explain it is I'm just trying to get a decent look. Get your feet underneath you. And then the rest is muscle memory, confidence, and just creativity. As you So just trying to be in the moment as much as possible. When you're missing, that's when you start thinking about mechanics. You start thinking about other stuff. Those things creep into your head. But when you're in a flow, in a rhythm, there is not much going on upstairs. It's nice. It's a really... Particularly if any of you are like parents of an athlete, that's a pretty interesting quote of where you want to try to get to as an athlete. Monty Williams also had a pretty fascinating quote this uh, about uh, things. I thought actually Steve Nash saying he'd like him to shoot more threes, um, but we have pretty good mid-range shooters, so I kind of bought that was pretty funny. And then... Scott, same day, Scott Brooks was asked about shooting more threes, and Scott Brooks's comment was, "Have you seen us shoot threes? Um, and they are they are not a great three point shooting team." Um, but uh, Monty Williams said, "These last three games have been playoff games for us in at, us in atmosphere, so I think they're great. Your armpits and underwear may tell you a different story at the end of the game, but as far as growth is concerned, it's pretty good for our team. Fun little." Quote there from Monty Williams. Uh, other note for you, our Washington loss doesn't look nearly as bad as it once did. They are 11-0 and in the last 11 games Bradley Beal has played. Keep an eye on Washington. I don't think they can do anything to Brooklyn or Philadelphia in the 1-2 matchup, but I, I, or I guess they'll have to be in the 1-8 seed, but be quite a series. All right, let's do trends. We'll see a lot of Washington coming up here on our our trends look as we do every single Monday. Today's show is brought to you by Indeed. If you're going through a hiring, Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three, post-screen interview, all on Indeed. Get the quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for candidates that must have qualifications and schedule complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy. With tools like Indeed Instant Match, give your quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit the job description immediately. Indeed Skills Test reduces hiring by 27%. Indeed, you can choose 130 skills, then add a must-have requirements so you only pay for applications that meet them. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your post at Indeed.com slash lock. That's Indeed.com slash lock to get the $75 credit Indeed.com slash lock. Today's show also brought to you by betonline.ag. Let's see what their lines are saying right now. The site is down for maintenance, so I get to go to the classic site instead. Oh, they're they're high-level site. Uh, NBA Futures. To win the conference, Brooklyn minus 110. Bucks all at betonline.ag. Bucks at plus 330. Philadelphia at plus 425. Interesting that Miami's next. Over in the West, the Lakers are plus 180. Clippers plus 270. Jazz are plus 350. Denver's plus 1,400. I don't think they win it without Jamal Murray, but they're still really good. Like, I think people have kind of, like, missed the boat on that. 
Brooklyn's plus 225 to win it. Lakers plus 325. Clippers plus 575. Jazz plus 800. So we're the fourth most likely to win the title. Incredible. Jokic is minus 450 and Embiid's plus 400 for the MVP. Steph now plus 1400. LaMelo still leading rookie of the year. Clarkson minus 600 for sixth man. Joe plus 400. Julius Randle's running away with most improved player. It's all at betonline.ag. Promo code locked on gets you a 50% welcome bonus. It's kind of a great deal. Go check it out at betonline.ag. All right, let's take a look at our trends. We always look at two different things. We first look at the last two weeks on cleaning the glass, and then we look at last 10 games. Number one point differential in the NBA the last two weeks is the New York Knicks. Followed by the Golden State Warriors. Followed by the LA Clippers, the San Antonio Spurs, the Washington Wizards, the Brooklyn Nets, and then the Utah Jazz. We have a nice blowout in there. Teams that are the worst right now are Orlando, Houston, Oklahoma City, Minnesota, Detroit, and the Lakers. By the way, the Lakers are now a game and a half ahead of Dallas, having lost three in a row for the 5-6 matchup. Number one offense in the NBA the last two weeks, New York. What? New York? What? New York? New York is the number one offense in the NBA the last two weeks in the NBA. Incredible. Brooklyn, Denver, without Murray. He's not that efficient, so this is not stunning. They'll miss him, but he's not that efficient. Golden State, then Memphis at five, and then the Clippers at six. Our offense, by the way, is 17th over the last two weeks. Defensively, San Antonio's one, Utah's two. Washington is three. Golden State is four. Clippers are five. New York is six. The Knicks. Teams struggling to score. Oklahoma City, Orlando, Houston, Detroit, Lakers, and Minnesota. They didn't score against us. We just didn't score against them. It's interesting. Defense. Teams not defending, Orlando, Minnesota, Houston, Sacramento, Dallas, Oklahoma City. So that was the travesty of our performance the other night is how bad we were offensively. We were just collectively bad. It's like like group mojo was off that night. The last 10 games, see if anything's different, a little longer sample size. Offense in the NBA by a large, large margin, the Clippers are one. Brooklyn is two, Knicks are three, Memphis is four, Atlanta is five, Golden State is six. We're 16th offensively in the last 10 games. Lakers are 26th. Chicago with Vucevic is 25th. Zach Levine's been out. Best defense of the NBA last 10 games, Warriors, Wizards, Jazz, Spurs, Knicks, Bucks. Teams that aren't defending Orlando, Minnesota, Houston, Oklahoma City. And overall, last 10 games, the Warriors are the number one team in the league. The Knicks, two. Clippers, three. Bucks, four. Jazz, five. All right, that is Locked on Jazz today. Thanks very much for tuning in. Hope you have a good one. We'll be with you after the game. I didn't do postcast the other night. We had friends in town. Things happened, but we will tonight after the Jazz and the Timberwolves. Have a good one. Talk to you soon.